we were just at a rest stop. So, like, there's no way we're going to – we're in the middle of nowhere in Texas. There's nothing here. So, I'm like, well, we're doing it at this rest stop. So, you just got to do it wherever. And that's kind of what makes the whole thing fun and why people watch it is because it's just so ridiculous. Hi, friends. This is your host, Austin, and you are listening to the Gritty and Curious podcast, the podcast that showcases gritty and curious ideas and people. In this episode, I have a discussion with my cousin, Nick Morris, about what it's like being a professional YouTuber slash vlogger, what it's like living in a Prius, and photography. Nick is an adventure photographer and filmmaker. He runs a YouTube channel called Intricate Explorer, and he is on a journey to explore 10,000 places before he dies. If you enjoy this episode or any of my prior episodes, please subscribe, leave a rating, and write a quick review. By doing this, you let me know that you are listening, and it inspires me to keep putting out content. So thank you so much for that. Um, I'm really excited to get into this episode. I've been following Nick's vlog, Intricate Explorer, since he first started, and it's been really interesting to follow his journey as he lives out of a Prius and he explores very unique places around the country. So the first thing we talk about is his 30 day vlogging challenge where he vlogged for 30 days straight. And as you'll learn in this podcast, he's planning on continuing to go daily for as long as he can sustain it. But Super interesting stuff, and it's a great story, so let's get right into it. So I guess like the, the first thing I want to talk about is you just did this 30-day daily vlog challenge. What was that about? Uh, so basically, I wanted to see how long I could go just making a vlog every day. And actually, when I first started YouTube about like eight months ago, uh, me and my buddy, we both started at the same time. Uh, and we were like, yo, if we're going to do this, let's do a challenge where we each do it for like 30 days in a row. And, uh, just to kick off the channel and, you know, get a little bit of practice making videos and all that fun stuff. And we did it and I actually ended up missing two days, but I hit all 30 days besides that. And it was freaking awesome. I got a ton of experience making vlogs and it helped improve the quality of my videos a lot over a month and um yeah it was great but uh i realized like i wanted to focus more on quality videos so i was doing that for eight months uh he's actually still doing daily vlogs which is crazy he's like eight or nine months in now what's uh, your friend's youtube channel uh his name's dylan edmonston he uh is building a iron man suit he does engineering he's like building it completely from scratch so That's he's cool. documenting that entire journey. But uh, yeah, I decided to basically just go back to training and that again because of the whole everything's locked down. I can't work. So I'm just like, well, I'm just going to go take photos of everything and build this out. So, so what is like right now you have around around 4000 subscribers and you've been doing this for eight months. What's traditional growth look like and kind of what's your plan moving forward? That's a bit of a tricky question. It's pretty random, honestly, with YouTube. There's some people who do it for years. Like, I don't know if you've heard of Mr. Beast. He's one of the biggest YouTubers of all time. He basically made vlogs for, I think, years before he even started getting any growth at all. So it's like, and now he has, like, 
50 million people or something. And it's like, it's so random. There's not really, you, you find all these people online that are like the gurus of YouTube, you know, where they're just like, you have to do this and this and this. But honestly, it's just like any other social media platform. It's just, I think it's content above everything else and just being at the right place at the right time and getting lucky. So you just kind of keep going. But I'm, I'm trying to get to 10K in the next year. That's my goal by the end of December. Yeah, I remember when your goal was like a thousand subscribers by it was a January, right? Yeah, by uh, yeah, or no, by October. By October, yeah, yeah. I remember that. So you, you mentioned like these YouTube gurus, and I've seen them a thousand times on on YouTube. Everybody's claiming that they have like the formula to you know crack the code. How do you cut that stuff out and focus on the things that matter? Because it's so easy to get like, I mean, I've done it before. Like you just, it's so you get, you get like stuck in the funnel and you can't get out. So how do you like block that out and focus on the stuff that matters? Uh, I think it's just, you keep making your stuff. I mean, uh, after, like you said, after a while, you look at that stuff enough and you're like, all right, it, it's just the same thing. Everyone's like, your video has got to be like 10 minutes long. You got to have a good thumbnail. You got to have like above a 40% retention rate. And once you look at all that, you're like, okay. And then you just got to look back at yourself and be like, okay, well, would I actually watch this? And I think that's the biggest question to ask yourself is, would you watch your own videos? Which I'm trying to get better at. I'm not the best at, but if I'm making something, I'm like, I don't even think I enjoy this. And I'm like, why would someone else enjoy this? So I think just sticking to what you find interesting. I mean, I see that you follow, I actually saw you follow uh, Gary V on Instagram. And he's been a pretty big inspiration for me. Yeah, so that's like Gary V is like I love seeing his videos. Again, like there's he posts like so much stuff, it's sometimes overwhelming. But when he's on my feed, like I have to watch his videos. And like I don't know if you've seen like the the calls he has, like with just like random people, just like hyping them up, and it's like that stuff's interesting. And I think he's he's like one of the authentic guys out there. Yeah, just because he cusses and all this stuff, and he's funny. Yeah, I think it's called like Tea with Derek Gary Vee or something. So now I kind of want to I want to shift gears. Your name is Intricate Explorer. What what is Intricate Explorer? Uh, to be honest, it was just a name I thought up a while ago. I was like, okay, I need a name for this whole thing, like a brand. And I'm so sick of all the photographers that have that same exact logo where it's like their full name but in cursive. <laughs> like, this is so stupid. Why do people do this? And uh. I want to change it up, so I'm like, well, I'm going to call myself Intricate Explorer. It's got a nice brand name to it, and it's going to, uh, it's supposed to be like a exploring places in a detailed amount. And over time, that started to evolve into the brand of trying to travel and document going out and doing photography as much as possible, which is how I'm trying to differentiate myself from other photographers slash travel brands, you know, where they go out once a month, get a cool video and you're like, all right, they went to Brazil for a month and they don't post for another month. I wanted to basically be like the opposite of that where it's like, you just go out every single day and that just falls right into intricate explorer nicely. So I've kept it and building off that. So did you come up with, like you mentioned that you didn't want to be this like traditional photographer with the pretty cursive name did you come up with the brand Intricate Explorer as to come up with like an alias to 
differentiate yourself or to like protect your name or was it more so just i want like a separate thing that people can connect with yeah i want it to be a just a separate thing that people can connect with i wasn't really concerned about my name getting out there my name is out there everywhere in terms of everything i do it's more just you know creating that brand identity and almost uh different like a alter ego because at the end of the day if you're making vlogs it's basically a showbiz you gotta you know be a little bit crazy and do some crazy shit and it's kind of like a character that you're creating and i wanted that to be the intricate explorer character so you kind of like touched on this a little bit but how do you differentiate yourself from other photographers because Everybody thinks they're a photographer nowadays because they have an iPhone and they can take a pretty picture of their dog or like the sunset or something. So like what is it what does it mean to you to be, you know, you're going out there and you you have the experience under your belt and how do you differentiate yourself from everybody else? I would say the biggest thing has been the shift to going to daily. That's always been my goal ever since I started this was to try to go daily and just do it as much as possible. And I wanted to be like, okay, well, everyone else can take a photo, but I'm going to do it as much as humanly possible to the point where other photographers can't even keep up. And that's where I'm trying to differentiate myself. And then obviously the quality of my shots, but you know, that's super subjective. You'll find people with, you know, lower quality shots that have higher followings and people who have better quality shots than me that have lower followings. So it's, that seems to just be completely random and it seems to be all about the marketing at least in this game unless you're going into like the fine art gallery industry but if you're trying to make it in the social media world i think it's all about marketing so what's your process of going daily so like you're you're ramping up your frequency this is how you know you're separating yourself from everyone else in the game if you're way ahead of the game then um you're differentiating yourself What's that process look like? Like how often or how do you prepare your videos and how do you queue everything up, editing? Like what's that process look like? It's actually pretty crazy. I'm not going to lie. I upload all my videos once a week or at least I try to. Like usually Sunday is upload day. So I basically record every single day. And then at the end of the day, upload all the stuff, edit all the photos. And then overnight i render the video because it takes a couple hours to render these things and then by the morning it basically all my content from the day before is done the photos are edited i have them in a folder on my computer ready to upload to social media i got the video ready to upload and basically everything's primed up and then when sunday comes i just bulk upload all of it which is what i'm doing actually right now at mcdonald's i have a that's why i was like oh sunday would work because i'm literally just chilling here uploading stuff and then I just do it again for the next week. But it, it is hard because just finding something every single day to go to. Like yesterday's vlog, for example, I was literally just at a rest stop. So, like, there's no way we're going to – we're in the middle of nowhere in Texas. There's nothing here. So, I'm like, well, we're doing it at this rest stop. So, you just got to do it wherever. And that's kind of what makes the whole thing fun and why people watch it is because it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I guess keeps me coming back to, to watching it is, like, just how do you come up with like such high quality videos and photos that you know that frequently and like the whole process behind it because i've like edited 
GoPro videos and messed around with that kind of stuff, like nothing to the scale that you're doing. But I, I saw that you were messing around with the GoPro the other day. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm not where I want to be. I want to be better, but I, it's just practice. Like when I first started, it was extremely overwhelming. Uh, the first like nine months I did photography, I wasn't even doing the vlogs or anything related to video. And that was difficult, like finding, trying to figure out how to find a photo to get that was reasonable. And then the moment I picked up the camera and started vlogging, I can't even tell you how many vlogs I had that I just didn't even end up publishing because it was just like, I was like trying to get B-roll and the sun was setting and I was also trying to get a photo and I was just like in my head, like, fuck, like there's so much happening right now and I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. And I just ended up trashing them and it, just with enough practice, eventually I'm just like, okay, like it's just second nature i'm like okay i'm gonna launch my drone i'm flying i'm driving to the place it's a good spot i'm taking out the gopro i'm about to go for a swim and it's just recording everything and then the more content you have to edit at the end of the day the easier it is to make that video because you're not having to make little you know title things in your video saying and then this happened because you forgot to record a transition between place a and place b how much time do you spend recording versus editing uh it's honestly really random. I'm trying to keep my vlog editing under three hours, one hour of editing photos and two hours of editing content. But some days it seeps into like four or five hours. I'm trying to get off that because it's just way too much time. But uh, the filming is so completely random because some of my vlogs take over like an entire day. Like some of them are like a multi-mile hike. And then some of them are like yesterday where it's at a rest stop. So I say like yesterday's was just like maybe an hour or two. And then like the couple, like what's coming out this week, I had one where we went on the Texas border and that one took like basically all day because we drove like three hours to one spot and it was closed. Like it just wasn't open and that's where we were going to film the vlog. So we ended up having to drive somewhere else and figure out and improvise the whole thing. So that one took all day. <laughs> Sorry, it's so random. So what has been what's the craziest shit that you've done like i've i've seen a lot of your videos but is there anything that was like undocumented that you wish you would have recorded or just something that you did record and was just crazy but you know you really couldn't communicate it through a video or a vlog or picture Ooh, that's a good question i did actually have one vlog and i was trying to just hang out with my friends but like i just do this so much now i'm just like I always want to be filming something, which is why I wanted to film it. But uh, we were just going camping in the woods at in Colorado, and we took the my Prius, and my buddy had a four-wheel drive car, and we were with another friend, and we were just camping in the woods for the night. It was just normal in the mountains. We drove down this dirt road to get to the campsite. It wasn't too big of a deal. And then a couple hours in, we're, like, drinking, smoking, chilling, having a good time and just starts snowing like blanket blizzard for hours and at first i was like okay like whatever this isn't a big deal it'll melt tomorrow it wasn't even supposed to snow it's probably just sprinkling a couple hours later at like midnight 1 a.m it's still going my prius is like a half a foot in snow and it's down in this ditch that we drove down the dirt road and i'm like if we don't get this Prius out tonight, and this builds up tomorrow morning, like there's going to be like two feet of snow and I'm not going to be able to get it out. And I live in my car. So I'm like, I need to get this out of here. So we ended up, uh, I just ended up getting in the car and driving it up this road. 
and it was probably the sketchiest thing I've ever done. My buddy actually ended up getting out of the car because we were so close to the top, and then the tires started catching, and we were about to start slipping backwards. My buddy gets out of the car, starts pushing it from the back, and we just inched it over to the top of the rim, and then got to the road and ended up driving like a mile down the road and just crashing on a trailhead on the side of the road that was a little bit more accessible to the road in the morning. No way. So did you did you get any footage of that? No, or is I, this didn't, just like... I didn't record any of that. Yeah, it was just me and my friends hanging out. But I was considering vlogging before. I was like, maybe I should vlog. But I was like, nah, I just need to hang out with your friends and not record something for once. And then uh, that happened. I was like, fuck, I should have recorded this. And we woke oh. up in the morning because I had the windows like down and um, just slightly with rain guards on them. Um, I always forget. I didn't realize this for a while, but rain guards don't protect against snow. Because the snow will just blow right through it if it's windy. And we woke up with, like, I want to say, like, one or two inches of snow in the entire front seat of the car. (laughs) So, something else. So, I mean, you're recording stuff all the time. What what are you using to store this data or, like, all of your content? And also, what what kind of software do you use to edit everything? Uh, So, I edit my photos with Lightroom, Adobe, and then I... Some of them cross over into Photoshop if it needs it. And then uh, edit videos with Premiere Pro. And then I basically just store all my photos and video on, like, a, I have two four-terabyte hard drives with me. So I just keep uploading to that. I just keep everything. But, uh, yeah, well, those fill up pretty quick. Because my camera's, like... 42 megabytes per photo so sometimes i'll offload a shoot and it'll be like 20 gigabytes just of the photos yeah it's a lot i just remember like messing around with the gopro and storing like a day's worth of like gopro footage on my computer and just every like my computer just doesn't work anymore so then i had to i had to get a like a an external database to um or external hard drive to store all of my stuff on there. And I was like, I was just thinking, you know, if you're recording stuff all the time, you know, how are you, how are you managing all of that stuff? No, yeah. It builds up pretty fast. It takes like, I want to say a half hour to 45 minutes to offload all of that content from a single vlog before I can even like touch it. You see so like, big. that's crazy. Like, I mean, I'm just thinking like from, you know, you go on a, all day hike the last thing you want to do is like you just want to go home and sleep or like just eat and then go to sleep and like for you it's like yeah now i have to edit all this footage and do all this other stuff and like it's it's something that you don't see in the vlogs and it's something i've thought about and i'm like holy shit like you're doing like a lot of work yeah it definitely adds up and yeah it's something people don't see everyone's like oh he's just having fun like, I, I've told a few, like, other acquaintances from high school. They're like, oh, what are you doing? Like, I like all your stuff. That's awesome. Like, you're just out there hiking all day. That's, like, the dream life. And I'm like, you don't see all the craziness behind the scenes. It just looks like I'm, you know, going for a two-mile hike and looking at a waterfall every day. But, it's, yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So now I kind of want to shift focus to you're living in a Prius. Why, why are you living in a Prius? It's definitely the most efficient way of traveling that I've found because 
as working as like a Lyft and Uber driver, just with a minimum budget on all this stuff, it's, there's really no way for me to afford taking an airplane to all these places and staying in hotels. So I was like, well, what's the cheapest, most efficient way I could travel? And then I started researching, you know, the whole van community. My girlfriend lives in a van. That's where we are right now. We're in her van. Um, but I started researching the whole van community and the vans were a bit too big for me. I just didn't need that much space and the gas mileage is a little bit rougher. And then I fell into the whole Lyft and Uber gig and I was like, well, maybe I could combine this and then travel to different places. And that's how I ended up in a Prius. And there's all these other people living in Priuses online. So I got some inspiration from them and, boom, yeah, I just started working out. I've been doing it for like, since last June. So something I wanted to ask is, so this past, let me think, last semester, I was approved to become a Lyft and an Uber driver. So I did that a couple of times. But when I was going through the application process, the somehow my home location got for Uber was set to Orlando, Florida. So I couldn't take any Uber rides. So I got on the phone and I, I was talking to them and I was like, you know, I'm just trying, I live in New Jersey. I don't know how this got routed to Orlando, but I can't start any rides because my home location is here. So I'm wondering, you know, you're traveling all the time. How, how do you deal with that problem? I mean, is that a problem for you? Uh, not really. Uh, originally I had anticipated be like Lyft driving and Uber driving in multiple states all the time. But I actually end up going back to Colorado a lot because that's where my girlfriend lives. So I end up just doing most of the bulk of my work in Denver. But I have done it in a few other places. And I actually made a map. Um, I made a video on how to Lyft and Uber drive in your car. And I made a, I like document every state and figured out which ones will let you do it and which ones not. So there's certain states that will let you basically just turn on the app and start driving in another state and those are usually like the shittier states like oklahoma nebraska stuff like that and then there's the second tier of states which are ones where you have to stop by the lift office tell them you're in a new state and then they'll basically run a new background check give you some new paperwork then you can start driving in that state and then the third tier of state which is like washington dc new york cali you can't even drive there at all unless you have a in-state license so it just varies for each state. Yeah, that's been something I've been meaning to ask you for a while. And I was like, all right, this is probably a good good time to ask. But um, the next thing I want to talk about is your setup, like living within the Prius, like what it looks like. You did a video on this and I can put that in the show notes. But I also I just want. I want you to describe it a little bit. It's basically a full-size bed that uh, rolls up in the back and then unrolls down with the two back seats down. And you can sleep in it. You can fit two people in it. And then I keep all of my clothes in. Uh, there's an under storage in the trunk that pops up. And then I actually just remove the spare tire from under that storage. And that's where I keep all my food. And in terms of food, I basically just eat Soylent, probably like 95% of my meals. And it's just dried food, so it's 
really you just add water and it's it's really easy. i'm sure you've heard of it yeah i've heard of it and i actually i had to look it up because i like i it's one of those things that i've seen on instagram like instagram ads and i just like never paid attention to it and then you reference it in one of your videos and i was like what is this stuff i've never had it before but is it is it like a protein shake or like what is it it's kind of like a protein shake it's basically like a complete uh, meal replacement. So it has everything you need. It's got all your vitamins, minerals, macro, micro, and you could literally live off it. The founder of the company actually lived off it entirely, exclusively for a year before he released the product. And uh, yeah, you could, it's just there's a lot of people in Silicon Valley who drink it as like a utilitarian thing, trying to like save time. And that's what got me into it is I had a buddy that was obsessed with health and he was in the, into the whole thing and I ended up trying it and it just saves you so much time, dude. You instead of having to like cook a meal and go buy food, like I when I'm traveling by myself, I never go to the grocery store. I just drink soylent and you just literally add water. I just like like I said, there's so much stuff that goes into this, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, because I remember in one of your videos you were cooking like rice and beans or something in like a Walmart parking lot. And I was like, that has to be a fucking disaster. Like that's the last thing I would want to do. Cause like just from being at college, like you're eating in your room and like you're in a dorm and you have to go like clean your, like find a bathroom to clean your stuff. And like, I couldn't imagine going into a public bathroom to like clean this stuff. And it's just a disaster. So I guess, I guess Soylent is the solution. Yeah, exactly. Like I was doing that whole scene for a while, and it was. Just See, I so could ridiculous. not do that, dude. Like, I couldn't. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just not fun. <laughs> but Soylent. Um, yeah, yeah, you should check it out if you're interested. I know you're into a lot of bodybuilding and stuff, so it might be interesting in terms of health. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. It's funny because I was talking to um, one of my buddies that's really into startups and the whole Silicon Valley scene, and he always talks about. You know, if I could, if I could take a pill that just gave me all of my like nutrients, I was never, you know, I was never hungry or anything. I was just fulfilled. Then I would do that. And I'm like, I like eating too much to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do like food. It's it's weird because you drink that for like a week straight, and then you eat a normal meal, like even just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and you're like, fuck, like you could taste all the jelly and the peanut butter. It's so good. Yeah. So, you totaled your Prius. Can you tell that story? Yeah, so basically me and uh, my girlfriend Haley were driving up to Montana to get some photos, hang out with our parents at their uh, log. Oh, it's not exactly a cabin yet. It's a property in Montana. So, we went up there, we hung out there for a few days, and then we were driving back. And it was, I want to say like around dusk, and we're in the middle of Wyoming, just completely empty, nothing around, no service, and this deer just runs in front of the car, smashes the entire front of it, and just flips over the car and dies. And we pull over, and I look at the whole thing. It's, like, completely messed up. There's with what we thought was transmission fluid blinking. So we're like, well, we can't really drive this anywhere. And uh, I got out of the car, and I was just like, fuck, what do I do? And we ended up, Haley actually helped lead a lot of this process because I was so like, 
what the fuck do I do? Like, this is my house, like, just freaking out. And Haley's like, okay, we're going to go to town. And then we hitchhiked with these random people that took us to the nearest town. And then we called her insurance company. And then basically, they just uh, towed the car to another tow lot. We ended up sleeping in the totaled car in the tow lot. We asked the dude, we're like, we don't have anywhere to stay. Can we just sleep in the car? And he's like, I don't give a fuck. So we slept there that night. And then we ended up taking another ride to uh, uh what's it called a collision center and they're like yeah it's, you don't want to drive this anywhere so we ended up getting a rental car and then we drove that back to colorado and then that became this entire insurance mess where they were like basically the i didn't have gap insurance on the car so uh, i'm not sure if you know what gap insurance is but it's basically if you're financing a car they won't pay off they'll pay you the value of the car but they won't pay off the rest of the financing so basically i ended up owing like four thousand dollars and then my car was gone in house so i just ended up because the car was totaled that's what they decided so i just ended up staying with my parents for a month until i could figure out what i was gonna do next and i just bought another car on financing paid all that off just like worked my ass off lifting uber driving with the new car paid everything off didn't get into debt with this car and I learned my lesson with that and now I'm just fresh and ready to go with the car that I actually own so lesson learned there but yeah it was a bit of a crazy experience for a little while dude I can't like when I saw that video first of all like awesome what's it called headline like the is that what it's called yeah yeah I I told my house I live in or something Yeah, yeah, yeah I told my house and I was like holy fucking shit like that's that's crazy because you don't think about that like you're you're living living in your car and that's this is where you're sleeping and like i i couldn't imagine i was i watched that video and i was like holy crap like that's insane like i i did not even think about that yeah it was crazy that's the whole thing about vlogging though is like the more you do it the more you realize like the times when you don't think you should be recording are the times you always should be recording. So at that moment, I was like, okay, this is a fucked up situation, but like really fucking good clickbait. So I just started recording everything. And then that's when, um, that's why I decided to make that vlog. But like, there's moments where like just shit happens. Like me and Haley ran out of gas in the middle of Texas a couple months ago on a trip. And you just record all the moments where you're like, no one wants to hear about this. this is ridiculous. This is fucked up. I look like an idiot. You record that, and it's what does the best. So it's just a weird mindset to be in. So you've definitely learned a lot from living out of your car and this whole experience. What are some tips for people who want to start their own journey like this? Um, let's see. I would say if you're trying to just live in your car, I would just say you know, just go and ease into it. That's what I did. I I started basically full-time in like June, but I mean July, but for like a month or two before that, I would go on trips where I'd go to the city for a couple days and just sleep in random neighborhoods. I just took it a little bit further and further. So I'd go like, okay, well now I'm going to go into the mountains of Colorado and sleep there for a few days and just get used to sleeping in a car because it's really weird at first. 
and you know just build up your distance more and more until eventually you can just you know go anywhere you want but yeah definitely ease into it and in terms of the whole photography thing i would just if you're trying to get into photography i would just say practice just like any other hobby you just got to keep doing it so let's stick on the the concept of photography what do you enjoy most about photography Basically, it lets me forget everything that's just happening around me while I'm in that moment. Because I show up at a place and immediately I just get in the zen where everything doesn't really matter except getting a great photo of it. So, like, my gears start turning. I'm trying to figure out angles, um, taking in, like, the lighting conditions, just which kind of gets into Intricate Explorer where you're just looking at everything so intensely and it and it just i don't know it's so relaxing to me it just creates this whole different world and then i used to be really into video games when i was a teenager in high school and i was all about the achievements in video games one of those guys who just hunted every trophy and pop-up achievement and this feels very synonymous to that where it's like i show up to a place and the achievement is getting the shot of that place and i could check it off the list so it I think it correlates with my roots of video games a little bit. And then, I don't know, it just, it gives the play. I was talking with my buddy who's a photographer the other day, and he was saying it just gives you a mission when you get to a place. He's like, I don't even know how people just go on hikes anymore. Like, I just, it just seems so, why, like, why would you do that? Like, it, what's the point of it? Like, when you go with a, the intent of getting a photo, you're like, it just gives you an objective and a goal, and it pushes you forward to do things you might not want to do in the hike. Like, you might see a part that's kind of hard to get up and you're like, well, fuck that. I'm not going up there. There's no point. But when you're trying to get a photo, you're like, well, I could get a better photo up there. So it pushes you into the scene a little bit more. So you mentioned like, do you mentioned that your friend, you know, when he shows up at a hike, like you can't even think about the hike because he's just looking for this perfect picture. Do you feel the same way? Sometimes. Uh, it definitely, actually, I'd say most of the time, yeah. I show up somewhere and I'm just immediately enthralled by the environment and figuring it out, which is an interesting concept because it kind of veters into the whole, like, is this just something uh, like a vanity thing where you're doing it to show off that you went there or you're not completely living in the moment? And uh, I would actually argue the opposite, where it just takes you so deeply into the moment that you see the sunset in different ways, you're exploring the place in different ways and just seeing all these things you never see before like we me and my girlfriend Haley basically only go to places at sunrise or sunsets for unless it's like cloudy or something so we always see these places when they're in their prime like most beautiful moment so it's I don't know it it can feel like that sometimes but that's part of the game I feel like so I kind of want to go back. You mentioned the word like vanity because that's what a lot of times people like look at pictures or pretty pictures and they're like, oh, a lot of they're just showing off that they're at this really pretty place, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what is the what is the role of your pictures? Like what what is your mission with when you're going out and you're looking for this perfect picture? Essentially, my mission with the whole photography is to insinuate, like, discipline in people, 
which has been more prominent in the past month with the daily thing in terms of getting good at something and practicing, and then also inspiring people to get out and go travel and explore places and not, you know, sit at home and watch Netflix and all that stuff. Just get out and see the world and breathe. And I hope that by showing photos of these incredible places, people look at it and they're like, Jesus, like, I want to go there. And then they start looking for places around them that they can go to and get out of their heads a little bit in terms of the whole, you know, just watching so much media. Well, I think for me, 100% just from watching you guys traveling all over the place, it's definitely inspired me to go and, you know, find new places to go hike. And it's, it's also showed me that the United States is like a really cool place. Like there's so much cool shit out there that you can do. And it's hard to kind of like, you can't just go like, I mean, you could, but there's nobody that's really showing you how to do this kind of stuff. Um, like looking up like cool hikes. Like I can't tell you how many times I've looked up on my phone, like cool hikes in New Jersey, cool, cool hikes in like the New York state area. And like for you to go out there and like, you're taking everybody on this journey and you're like, look at this really cool place that you probably have never heard of before. And it's a different kind of like exploration for people that are looking for those types of adventures. So like, that's kind of, I mean, what I feel from like a, a consumer's perspective, like watching your stuff, like it's definitely exposed me to like, how beautiful the United States is and, you know, some cool places to check out eventually. Yeah. Well, thanks. That means a lot. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely, I'm glad to know that it's inspiring some people. It's awesome. But yeah, actually, I want to do go to New Jersey some kind because New Jersey actually has, I think, the highest percentage of abandoned buildings and houses of anywhere in the United States. And I would just want to go there and find some of that stuff. <laughs> well, there was like a, it's not abandoned anymore, but there was an abandoned house that's like five minutes away from where we live. And me, Luke, and like all the guys in our neighborhood would break into this abandoned house all the time. And just, I mean, it, it was just, it was, I mean, we were in like middle school, like doing this stuff. And it was always like really interesting and scary. And we, we would just keep going back because like for the thrill <laughs> of it. So I, I definitely, I definitely understand what you're saying. Like there are, there are a lot of abandoned places here. And there's also a lot of like cool parks and beaches and stuff. So yeah, definitely, definitely try to make it out here. Yeah. Are you, wait. So are you living in New Jersey? I know you're like in New York, kind of with school right now. So I am. Well, right now with the whole COVID thing, I'm at home. Um, okay. So I'm I'm in New Jersey, and but I just landed a job in DC that starts in August. So I'll oh, be congrats. moving. Yeah, thank you. But I'll be moving down there um, probably late June, early August. So if you're gonna make a trip down to the Virginia area or you know down to down to DC, let me know. Yeah, I definitely want to do that because I want to do the whole Smoky Mountains, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama. Well, not Alabama because there's not much there. But yeah, like the whole Virginia scene and DC. So I'll definitely hit you up. Yeah, 100%. I. I actually went, or me and Luke went on, we were, we went camping 
two or three years ago, maybe it was longer ago, but with our with our uncle in the Smoky Mountains, and it's really cool out there. Yeah. Highly recommend. Yeah, the pictures look insane. I yeah, we, we were down in, I think we were in Georgia, or we flew into flew into Georgia, and then we drove to North Carolina, and that's where we were. We camped out, I think, for two or three days, and it was it was a cool place. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. have to do that. Um, so. Another thing I want to talk about is COVID-19 because everybody's been affected by it. And I've seen on your videos, it's definitely impacted some of your journeys by like the closing of state parks. And um, that must have been a bummer, like driving, trying to find places to like get cool photos. If all these cool places are closed, how has COVID-19 impacted your journey? It's been interesting for sure. I'd say the hardest thing is not having a place to shower because we used to shower at Planet Fitness, which is a gym that's basically everywhere. Like every major city has like at least 10 locations. Even small towns a lot of times have them. So just having all those closed has just been the most difficult part because we shower like three or four days, like every three or four days, but it's like at truck stops or if we can find like a shower on the beach or like at a state park that's open, we'll use it. But that's been the most difficult part in terms of traveling. Basically we, when I travel alone or with my girlfriend, we just stock up on massive amounts of food. So we have like a week or two's worth of food and water in our car. So we don't have to go into the public really at all besides, you know, the trails where everyone's just social distances anyway. So it actually hasn't affected us too much besides the having to stock up a bit more than usual. And then, you know, some places are closed. Like all the national parks are closed, which is a bit of a bummer, but it's kind of forcing us to really get down and deep in the nitty gritty local trails, which is, you know, a whole different game in itself, which is fun. So it's, it, it hasn't affected as much as you would think about someone living in a car, at least from my perspective. So something else that I've I've thought of when you and Haley are together like in the van, where's where's your car? Yeah, I gotta like address that somehow because I keep getting people asking me that. Uh, I leave it in Colorado. I basically just park it in one of my old neighborhoods I used to live in in uh, Boulder, and I know it's like a super safe area. My buddy lives down the street, so we could check on it to make sure it's not getting like robbed or towed or something. So I just leave it in Colorado and. When we travel, we travel in her van because she's a Great Dane. So it's a lot spacier to be having all that in a van than in a Prius. So, Dude, when I first saw the, the Great Dane, I was like, how like how how is that huge animal just like living in this van and you guys are taking it with you? And like, so it's, it's so funny to see it sometimes. I'm like, dude, that it's, literally looks like a horse. Like, that's a huge dog. <laughs> she is huge she's actually one of the smaller great danes though like they could get even bigger than that but she was like a i don't know like a rut or whatever i'm not sure if that's the right word but yeah she's a smaller dot but yeah she's still huge like it's it, it can get difficult sometimes to walk around and just space everything out but we make it work and yeah, she just adds this whole different variable to it that makes it fun yeah but the there's one of my neighbors has two Great Danes and like just seeing them like walking the dogs around like 
they're big dogs. And I saw like on the video and I was like, Oh my God, it's a great Dane. And they're living in cars and like that, that animal takes up a lot of space. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's definitely crazy. So you've definitely learned a lot like throughout your intricate explorer experience but you've also experienced lots of challenges and learned a lot of things along the way. How do you stay motivated when the chips are down and you know, you're grinding it out, you're editing, you're trying, you're uploading footage. Like how, how do you keep yourself motivated? Uh, dude, honestly, have you heard of this dude, Jocko? I'm sure you have. He's been on uh, Joe Rogan. Jocko Willink. Yeah. I follow I, all of his shit on Instagram. Dude, he's awesome like did you have you read his books i read um the extreme ownership i haven't read his new one though i haven't read the new one either but i so i did the extreme ownership um audiobook like yeah awesome dude like all right continue continue yeah yeah but yeah i know exactly what you're saying he's uh he's a boss so honestly just like looking at him every single day on my instagram and he's like up at 4 30 a.m like lifting weights i'm like he's doing this shit every day i can take a photo so he, he just keeps me so amped. And then between him, Gary Vee, and I follow a few other, like, motivational people, they honestly help so much. It, it seems cheesy to just watch them do, like, get off your ass and all this shit, but it helps a lot. I just, whenever I'm feeling unmotivated, I just watch those dudes, and I'm right back out of there. So today we covered three different things. First, we talked about what it's like being a professional YouTuber and vlogger. Maybe you're inspired to go and create your own YouTube and vlog. I know that Nick has inspired me in multiple capacities and what he's doing and his hard work putting out this content because it is a lot of work and I give him a lot of respect that he's out on his own doing his thing. But that was the first thing we talked about. Then we talked about living in a Prius, which is something that I would like to make a separate episode about I think it's super interesting and I'm most interested in his episodes that talk about how he's living out of a Prius because you don't know many people live out of Priuses so maybe we'll do another episode about that in the future if you'd be interested in that then let me know and then the last thing we talk about is photography and kind of how he's differentiating himself in the photography space because everybody thinks they're a a plus photographer and Nick is definitely trying to carve out a space for him in the photography space, and it's interesting to see how he's approaching that. If you have questions about what we discussed today, you can contact Nick at his Instagram, Intricate Explorer, and also be sure to check out his YouTube. He's coming out with daily content, and it's super interesting. The episodes are anywhere from 5 minutes to 12 minutes. And they showcase some pretty cool places around the United States. This has been the Gritty and Curious podcast, a podcast that showcases gritty and curious ideas and people. If you enjoyed this episode, you'd be the best if you subscribed, left a rating, and wrote a quick review. By doing these things, you let me know that you're listening and it inspires me to keep putting out content. So thank you so much. You can get every episode of Gritty and Curious wherever you listen to your podcasts and on my website, grittyandcurious.com. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.